I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast with myself, Robert Grieve. With me today, David Friel and uh, Gareth Law, our two esteemed sports writers. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Robert. You were at the Celtic game yesterday, David. A comfortable victory for Celtic for Brendan Rodgers' side, albeit they didn't get the goals that they maybe could have done. But it was, it was pretty much one-way traffic, was it? And I tell you what, it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Scott Sinclair, the first one. What a goal it was. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in the stadium, probably even Scott Sinclair himself, thought it was going over the bar, but the dip it took right at the end was, was incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, Celtic, I think they were, they were professional, they were pretty polished. It was a game of attack v defence. I mean, credit to Albion Overs for the way they, they were organised, they shut down the space, but they basically just camped at the edge of the 18-yard box, and I felt really sorry for the striker, Ross Stewart, because he'll probably ask one day, did you ever play against Celtic? And he'll say yes, but I mean, all he did was basically chase the ball from centre-half to centre-half, and it was a thankless task, and Albion Overs, every time they got the ball, Celtic pressed them so hard and so quickly that they just lost it again, and in fairness, you know, I, I, you always felt goals were going to come for Celtic. At, at the end, they could probably have added a few more as well, Robert, but I think, you know, Brendan Rodgers will be content with the 3-0 win. Were you surprised by that, right, Gareth? Would you have thought that Celtic would have run up with a bigger score line against that kind of opposition turn your phone off Gareth please come on sorry Robert unprofessional uh, unprofessional of you would you have expected Celtic to, to score more goals or, or was it all about just getting through it was all about getting through but I think what you saw yesterday if that performance or if that display from Albion Rovers had come against the Ronnie Dyla team the questions the soul searching would have started whereas yesterday albeit Albion Rovers made it tough for them there was never any doubt that you thought Celtic would go through the big thing for Celtic between now and end of the season David is, is the treble isn't it I mean that's what they're going for the league's virtually done and dusted they've got the league up already in the cabinet would you expect that to happen is, is that the thing that's motivating these players now I think it's the thing that's motivating I mean I, I do think although Brendan Rodgers is at pains to say he's never even mentioned the treble to his players he's also, do you believe that I, I, he's, probably, he's maybe never actually said treble but he's also saying to them he wants them to keep going and keep winning every game so that leads to a treble I don't think it's a foregone conclusion I don't think I think it's disrespectful to the other teams in Scotland to say it is and let's remember, there is always the chance of a player getting sent off or something happening, Celtic getting beaten penalties, Celtic having an off day. You know, they've not been beaten domestically all season, but it's hard to keep that going. And, you know, there's been some really good Celtic teams down the years haven't won a treble. It's not as easy to do as people seem to think. It's not a foregone conclusion at all. But I don't think Celtic will have a better chance than they've got this year. That's the thing, Gareth. Celtic are far and away the best team in the country at the minute. It, would it not be something they should be expected to do now? I thought it was they should be expected to have done it when Rangers were down the leagues. You know that they had the they had a, possibly the weakest, some of the weakest campaigns they will have had in recent history, and they, and they failed to do it then. But there's just something about a Brendan Rodgers Celtic team. You, you just when you hear him speak at press conferences, he's he's very clear in his message, not just to us, but you get the impression that's what he's like. Whether it be in the changing rooms, whether it be in board meetings, there's just this this confidence around that team right now. That you just can't see them losing. I, I I can't see them losing. I know I know David says about you know you can get a player sent off. It's happened to them. You know they've had players sent off and the, and, the, and they've, they've they've continued to play the way Brendan Rodgers has wanted them to play, and then they picked up the points. So I'm not saying it's a it's a foregone conclusion, but 
as, as David says, I think this is one of the best chances possible uh, that, that they will have to, to win the treble. A quick word for Albion Rovers, David, because I thought they, you said defensively exceptional. Yeah, I mean, Sunday, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the keeper did make it, especially towards the last half hour when Celtic's fitness comes through. You know, the, the keeper did make a lot of good saves Celtic at the bar, so it could have been a few more. But in terms of organisation, in terms of the way they fought for everything and shut down the space, and the two Dunlop brothers in central defence, you know, they put their bodies in front of everything. So. I don't think they went, you know, they, they didn't leave the tie disgraced. If anything, the tie's been great for Albion Rovers. They've got a lot of exposure, a lot of money, and I think Dan Young has only enhanced his reputation as a good young manager. Absolutely, I agree with that. Well, I was at uh, Ibrox on Saturday for Rangers 2 1 win over Motherwell. Kenny Miller's two goals in the space of five minutes, clawing back the, the game for them. Gareth, Kenny Miller out of contract in the summer. I've written about this this morning. Yep. I find it staggering that the, the club haven't, haven't given them a contract offer uh, on the table. Clearly, there are some issues here which have to be resolved. Are you in that camp? Do you find it's it's surprising that Rangers are, are stalling on this? Totally. I think. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who he's, he's impacting games, you know, massively. But it's not as though at his age he's coming off the bench and doing it. He's playing the full game here. You know, you've got to give him massive credit for the for the shape he's in, for the the way he's, he's kept himself as fit as he has. I mean, even at, at those kind of at the age he is. You, you kind of excuse him getting injured, having the odd knock occasionally, but he's, on top of that, he's also finishing and, and, and scoring goals like he did on the weekend. I find it like you staggering. They've not they've not sat him down and, and, and yeah, he's doing it on the pitch. But you also you know you can you can imagine in the in the dressing room he's a he's a big influence in there. Mark Warburton has spoken about that. So whatever whatever the issue is there. Right now, that Rangers team, I think, needs not all the help it can get, but it needs all of the, everything that's positive around that team. They need to keep it there, and, and he's one huge positive right now. You saw you saw the way they defended for the for the Motherwell goal. That the, the defense once again looked powder puff. You know, there's, there's a, there are still things wrong with that team. Kenny Miller is something that's right with that team, and, and that needs to get fixed as soon as possible. I think. David, he's 37 years of age, Kenny Miller, and for that, it's staggering in itself. But you take that out of the equation, he's the Rangers' best player. See, the age thing doesn't matter. See, see Kenny Miller's not overweight, he's not unfit, he's, he's, you still look at him and you can still do it. And see, for me, the big thing about Kenny Miller, right? Okay, he's 37. And see if he was coming on and scoring against, I don't know, Hamilton Ackies or Inverness, and fair enough, right? But you look at the big games Rangers play, right? Big cup games. The old firm game, Kenny Miller scored the goal. The semi final last year against Celtic, Kenny Miller scored the goal. Cup final, Kenny Miller scores a goal. The games against Motherwell this season, one last minute winner, two on Saturday to put them through. You then see Rangers go up to Inverness, a really tough venue. Kenny Miller scores one of the goals of the season. Kenny Miller, without Kenny Miller this season, Rangers points tally be way down, yeah. right? Seeing big, big games, the games where people need to stand up and be counted, Kenny Miller does it. Kenny Miller scores goals in big games. So why on earth does it matter? He's 37. It seems Teddy Sheringham and Ryan Giggs and guys like that can play in the Premier League to their, in their 40s. Why can Kenny Miller not play? in the Scottish League until he's 38-39 I, I just it staggers me that Rangers aren't going to tie him down a deal or, or have shown no inclination right now because for me without Kenny Miller you can talk about Joe Garner and all these guys you know I would have Kenny Miller on the Rangers team every day of the week before these guys well, I think David's just gone for the, the record of the amount of times you can say the words Kenny Miller <laughs> uh, in the space of two minutes we'll need to record that back because it must be about 365 hold a minute David I'm sure Neil can edit some of that out no we we'll need to put more in but listen we've, I've written about it this morning there's a board meeting at Rangers later this week that I'm sure his name will be discussed and it'll be interesting to see how it develops but Gareth are there issues with Mark Warburton because he's made it clear that he wants to keep Kenny and Clint Hill as well who comes into the same bracket but clearly there are some issues there that the board aren't prepared at this minute to back the manager is that should there be alarm bells ringing with that situation uh, yeah there probably should I mean 
I don't think I think it's an open and shut case about Kenny Miller. But when when you look at the when you look at the recruitment, just, we just call him Miller. We don't need to call him Kenny Miller. Right. So let's yeah. just nail this in out, guys. Come on. Kenneth. We're, we're calling Kenny Miller. Okay. As if it's one word. Come on. What are we calling him? Miller. Kenny. Right. Either or. Okay. Who's Grieve. your game okay, Come on. Right, Grieve. I think the recruitment at Rangers since the summer can certainly be questioned. So if there's a, a trust issue between the board and Mark Warburton, you look at his, 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 his history in the transfer market, and that's where maybe the trust issue could be. I don't think... Yeah, but Gareth, surely they can see with their own eyes right now yeah, the Rangers that. are getting their best performances from. Exactly, that's and what I mean. And it's from Miller. So there shouldn't be any doubt that Miller should be signed up right now. If, if there is a trust issue, I could understand it being you know bringing new guys in. But, but they want the, the issue with... Uh, with uh, the striker that's scoring all the goals for the Rangers right now, there's an open and shut case. He should be signed up as, as soon as uh, as soon as possible. Is it too much to expect, David? I mean, Kenny's out of contract in the summer. We're in the transfer window here. There could be clubs looking at this situation and thinking, is it worth a little punt? Can an Aberdeen or a Hearts or a Hibs think, let's get him in, give him an 18 month contract and, and test that, test the waters there? Because I tell you what, they could do a lot worse. Oh, listen, they could do a lot worse. But I, I do think, I, I do wonder as well if the Rangers board are just looking at it and thinking, you know what, it's Kenny, he's up here, he's settled. He's not really want to go anywhere else, so we can tie him up in a contract wherever we want. I think that's a dangerous game to play, to be perfectly honest with you. I think if we take somebody for granted like that, then he could easily turn away and go and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to save for Hearts, I'm going to save for Hibs again. I'm not saying he's going to, but I think that I think Kenny Miller has been a good enough servant for Rangers that he deserves a bit more respect. And as I said, I get the fact that he's 37, I get the fact Clint Hill's 38, and that ideally Rangers going forward do not want guys of that age in their team because where is the where's the long term plan? I get all that. But you know what? See if he's your best striker, see if he's the guy that's delivering for you in the big games, then you just need to put up with and, and or okay, his age isn't ideal, but I would still give him a new contract. That's the thing, if if he got injured tomorrow, where are they gonna get their goals from? That's what I'm saying. I mean you talk about Joe Joe Garner's got a song about him, right? And Joe Garner is an infamous player Kenny Miller is. He'd have Kenny Miller before Joe Garner. Every the, day the goals have dragged up for Martin well, Marcon as well. Well, what I was going to say was that the goals that Kenny Miller scored certainly the first one Joe Garner wouldn't score that goal no. because he'd be coming out of the box he'd be yeah. looking to come short and play off the cross um, and Kenny, point, point. Kenny points to where he wants it the ball's delivered in it and, he, and he finishes it superbly same with the second goal as well uh, a great pass through to him and, and a great finish Motherwell I don't know what you thought of them gentlemen they, they sat in they defended they, 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 they kind of set out their stall they very much I almost thought played for a replay it made things very difficult for for Rangers and then they get the goal is it Mark, Mark McGee was distraught after the game I've never seen a manager as disappointed as he was after the final whistle I think, it, all, be, I think it's all the man of the final goal it's I think. worrying isn't it though David because they're losing late goals in games yeah. and that's you say the man but, of but see, 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 see if you're losing late goals and it's down to great play by something you know see I agree with you I think Mark McGee would have taken a replay before the game I think he set up set, and he did bring Scott McDonald on late on but I think he was quite happy to take a replay. At one each, in the last, what, 89, 90 minutes, you've got a replay. See Stephen McManus, and I'm really surprised a guy of that experience made that mistake. See if he just shells it down the wing, chances are it's going to go to a replay, right? You know, it's going to take Rangers to try and carve Motherwell open. He's got the ball, and I don't really know what he was trying to do. I think he just had a kind of brain melt. I think it was like, oh, and he just he passes the ball to Emerson Hyman. Now, in fairness, Emerson Hyman is a straight. Pass, good pass, great pass, great pass, good, you pass. Know, good composer, good weight on it. Perfect weight on but it. But it's in Motherwell's hand. You know, it's not as if see if see if Kenny Miller scored another great goal like that, but he did his first, then fair enough. But Motherwell have got the ball. Yeah. All Steve McMahon says to do is play the ball down the line, but for some reason, I don't know who he spots, but he just plays it in field and it's game over. And I think that's why Mark McGee was so distraught and so upset that the way Motherwell just 
you know, just handed the win to Rangers. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Gareth, Muddle's tactics were pretty bang on. If they get the win, they're, they're not far away from getting a win. They could easily get the draw, as David said. So, in that, those circumstances, you'd be looking at Mark McGee and saying, kind of, master plan, it worked. But, at the same time, should we not expect a team, an SPL Premiership team, to be going there and have a little bit more of a go? If you throw in the fact that Rangers could have had a penalty... Yeah, and they should have done. Well, it was a terrible well, decision it, from the referee. It, it, looked, it looked a stonewaller. If you take that into consideration, then, you know, maybe maybe, maybe Mark McGee... I mean, did Mark McGee take that into consideration at the end? He probably didn't, because you know he was feeling hard done by. But you know, I, th- I think I think I think Rangers deserve to win it. I think, but the the tactics that Mark McGee used, you can understand his disappointment at the end that they they didn't get that replay. Toro didn't have a fine performance in the middle of the park. I don't know how much you've seen of it. He looks not not near match fit. David, I mean, that's going to take Keith Lashley. By the way, had an excellent game. We're talking about older players with Kenny Miller, yeah. another guy who keeps churning out performances. I thought Keith Lashley was exceptional. But should we need to give these you, you guys Toro a bit of time to bear himself in? It's, yeah, I mean it's, it's where it's where they're going to play. It, it's where you know Rangers have signed Emerson Hyman, they've signed John Toro, and are they mid? You know, how does he change the structure of his team? Mark Walton, does, does he play Toro as one of the front three? Is he playing as one of the middle three? I think Hyman's more a sort of kind of a deep line midfielder. So who does does Andy Haldy drop out then? Does Jason Holt still get a game? I don't know. I think he's still. I think it's been the case since the start of the season. I don't know Rangers' strongest team. I must be honest with you, I don't know what it is. There have been so many changes. You've got guys that have been injured. Joey Barton's been and gone. and I, I don't know what the strongest team is. And I think Mark Warburton, in the next couple of weeks, has to find the strongest team to try and then cement second place and try and get a cup run. But don't you think as well, he's brought in midfielders again. We've just talked about the striker issue and goals. I'm surprised. I know he's got Jogana and he's and he's injured right now. I don't know why he's not actually tried to address that that goals issue. Well, Gareth, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has done. Again, it comes down to probably the finance and, totally. and, and the backing that he's getting from the board because he's it. not been able to bring in players. Yeah. He's not been able to sign players. It's all, all loan players. No, no, totally. He's looking at. Yeah. And if you're a decent striker at any club anywhere in the world that right now, you're not going to get a moving loan because you're not going to get allowed to shift. Does Gareth have a point though in the sense that the, the summer transfer dealings are yeah, come back to haunt? Hundred percent. Because it's been, it's you, look at, you, look at, you, you look at, you know, and I know there's a bit of bad luck with Kranjka, Jordan Rossiter, again, we don't really know the extent of the injury. Joey Barton, Joe Dudu, Joe Garner. Not addressed the defence. But, but have, the, have these guys really hit the ground? Not, you know, Dean, uh, Josh Windass has been okay, Matt Crooks is already gone. I, I don't know, you know, Matt Warlock said I think it was 11 players during the summer. Did they get value? I don't know whether that's just coming now, coming back to, to Hornet Well, that's the thing managers do, and Matt Warlock has done. They speak about recruitment, don't they? It's been the key issue, and that's been something that he hasn't got right. He hasn't Even got when you right look there. at somebody like, and I know he should have had a penalty, Michael O'Halloran, they, they spent money on him, and, and whether he's doing it or not, whether he's getting the chances or not, you know, has, has he worked out? For me, the Haaland one was a bizarre signing because he doesn't fit into the way Rangers no. play. He needs space to run into. Rangers let teams bed in before they attack. I, I found that a strange, strange signing. And again, he's one that clubs are looking at. I think we're talking about St Johnston, Aberdeen, potentially looking at him. Motherwell, too. Motherwell as well. He you wouldn't be surprised, games. Gareth, yeah. if he was the one of the guys to move he, on. He spent a lot of time down south, not getting much uh, game time. And, and you saw how well he played when he was at St Johnston. So I think I don't think you want to hang around and and uh, rotting the reserves yeah. so I think he'll be looking to get out uh, as soon as he can yeah I think that's one to definitely watch but listen yeah. fair play to Rangers they fought back they got a good win and they're in the next round Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wraith Rovers against Hearts with one of the games on Sunday and Hearts get a good lead in the game, Gareth, and then they let it go. Ian terrible, t- terrible game. Terrible game. Oh, terrible first half, especially. Second half, it got going a bit. Well, you were there, and what I was going to ask you about, and I, we, we hate to leave it a point and always talk about Ian Cathro, but after the game, he speaks about how, well, his comments. You t- tell us about his comments, Gareth, that you found, you found quite surprising. Well, the, the way he, he... I found it was my first dealings post-match with, with Ian Cathro, and I, and I felt... Um, what did he say exactly? Well, it was in the paper today. I'm sure people would have read it on, online as well, but he's, you know, I asked him if he thought it was a, a fair result or not, or if he felt hard done by, and... Um, didn't really answer the question. Said that it was, if you look at it one way, then Hearts have been the better teams, they deserve to win. But if you look at the other way, Wraith had kept, kept battling on and maybe it wasn't and, and the answer was maybe somewhere in between both stools. And I just, his d- demeanour afterwards, as I say, was my first dealings with him after, after the game. Speaking to some of the other, the other, um, the other guys who've dealt with him uh, previous to, the, to that, they said he's been kind of quite warm and quite receptive in press conferences. Yesterday, certainly, it wasn't a great game, probably from Hart's point of view. Ian Cathro said that Hart's were the better team, and I, I disagree with him on that. As the second half, especially, I thought Wraith could have maybe maybe won it. And when Mark Stewart hit that hit the bar from a few yards out, you, you wondered if it was going to be Wraith's day. Credit to Wraith, they kept going. Heads didn't go down. Sometimes, you know, you see lower division teams miss a chance like that and think that is the one chance we're going to get and, and, and it's done now but they kept going and you know they, they, they got the uh, got the equaliser and um, I still think Hearts are probably win on, on Wednesday but they, they, they do need to win on Wednesday because uh, that's a huge game for them though isn't it I mean you look well, at the, the cup draw pairs them with Hibs in the next round if they get through which I tell you what would be a feisty feisty tie but the manager of Hearts staying yesterday he didn't even know this game was on Wednesday what's all that about I think that's astounding you know absolutely astounding I mean I get the the kind of sort of positive mentality we don't even want to know when they need players because we're going to win the first yeah, game but you do know when they need, need, need players you surely you know should in know. terms of planning in terms of structure in terms of training in terms of what happens I, I, I just found that A I can't, I can't believe he didn't know and B I can't believe Ian Cathro admitted it say that. because yeah. in public I mean I don't think that's a, a thing you should be saying no. to employers I mean if I'm on budge I'm thinking wait a minute it's your job to you know yeah. but also, I th- in terms of Ian Cathro's, I saw the BBC interview as well, and it was a bit, bit strange. But I don't, I, th- I think his post-match comments and his interview techniques, etc., are the least of his worries just now. You know, I look at Hearts, and I think they fielded four debutants yesterday. It was three in the back four. Don't care who you are at what level. See if you're fielding three new players in your back four for a game, a cup tie, especially away, that's going to be really, really hard. I think when Ian Cathro came in, it was Hearts were second in the league. Okay, people may say it's a false position because Aberdeen, I think, and Rangers maybe the games in hand, but. 
they were a team in the up and it seems to be it was, it's all this talk now is about oh, you need to get better and you need to restructure the team and rebuild the team I thought Hearts were actually doing okay Callum Patterson's been a bit of bad luck losing him to injury obviously got a couple of players away at the African Nations uh, Cup but I just think Hearts need to get on a wee, a wee run a couple of games and they need to beat Wraith because I think losing to Wraith is unthinkable but then we'd be better losing to Wraith than losing to Hibs well that's, that's, that is the point but listen he'll be telling you he doesn't want to lose either game and he'd be right to think that Gareth is a honeymoon period over with him because we're, we're, we're trying to cut him some slack here he's obviously these critics at the start when he came in results haven't been good enough if you look at it per match they've got Wraith Rovers this weekend they've got Celtic eh, sorry this week they've got Celtic on Sunday this is a huge week for Ian Carthrows and all well, first of all, before I say what I'm going to say, I, I hope I hope he does well. I mean, absolutely, I, you I know, think we all do. I, I think um, you know a young a young manager doing well will, will raise the profile outside of Scotland of, of you know of Scottish football. There's a butt coming here. There's a butt. There's a butt coming, and the butt is that that before the winter break, we were led to believe the winter break would be used for him to to get the players to know how to play properly. That was going to be his time when he was going to get his his ideas across to the players. What I saw yesterday didn't really amount to that, I don't think. And if it did, then then there, there should be some grave concerns. I don't think I didn't really see much to get excited about in that Hearts team yesterday. I mean, that's, is that going to be the worry for Hearts fans, David? Because they were they were going great guns before Ian Cathro came in, Robbie Nielsen. I mean, the, his last game was against Rangers. They played them off the park, and yet here we are, a month down the line, maybe six weeks down the line. It's not going to plan, is it? No, not at all, and that's what I'm saying. See, see, when, see when you've got a new manager coming in, and you've, you've also got so many new players, and he's trying to bed them in, he's trying to get his ideas across, he's trying to kind of cement his status as the Hearts manager. It's his first job, he's trying to prove himself. It's a bad mix, you know. He, he really needs just a kind of period where you know, there's a couple of games where he can get a couple of you know comfortable wins or, or solid wins, but as you're saying, Robert, it's not going to be easy because Wraith Rovers are going to come with nothing to lose for the replay, and then he's going to have to go to Celtic Park at the weekend, which... As we spoke about earlier on, it's going to be it's the a tough game season. Oh. Just to touch on, sorry, Gareth. I mean, I'd imagine the Reef management team were pretty delighted yesterday. Okay. What was their mood? I think they well, I think they were trying to keep a lid on it a bit. But um, we all know that Gary Locke's history with Hearts and and how it ended at Hearts. Reef have been struggling all season. Uh, I'm one since October. Seventh in the championship. Seventh you know? in the championship. They're not a top level championship team. They're, they're, they're struggling down I there. I think that before yesterday, I think they'd only scored something like three goals in the last nine games. So you know this. On top of that, you know they're not a team that are scoring yet. They can still score against Hearts. I did think Aaron Hughes looked all right yesterday, and I think he could maybe. He'll be a good signing. I think I think he will be a good signing. I mean, there were times when he cruised it yesterday, and and I think he could be somebody that that Cathro could well could well lean on in the, in the months to come. Thirty-seven-year-old guy, but you, you can see he's been around the game a lot. He was cool uh, when it was needed. Time to tackle as well. So I think he could be a. If, if Hearts are going to start turning this thing this, this around, we've talked about Kenny Miller's influence in the dressing room. I think Aaron Hughes could have have a, have a big influence on and off the park for Hearts going forward. Yeah, we're talking about cruising it. St Mirren had a fantastic victory against Dundee at Dens Park on Saturday. David, for me, it's the result of the round, a result that maybe a lot of people didn't see coming. Personally, I predicted it uh, at Ibrox on Saturday when I was uh, talking to some colleagues about the game. But I tell Did you, you what, have that on tape, Robert, or any on listen, record? I'm just, I'm an honest man, Gareth. I'm just telling you what we said. I predicted a seven victory. <laughs> uh, it's not about money, David. But I tell you what, did that surprise you? That result, David, because it would have surprised a lot of folk. Yeah. The wait for yeah. going for someone in the championship. They're toiling, tenth, bottom, rock bottom of the championship, battling to stay in the division. Yet here they go to Dens against a good Dundee team and play them off the park it surprised me because of St Mirren's form but it doesn't surprise me because of Dundee's form because Dundee are so frustrating to watch because one week they're really good 
they can beat St Johnson 3-0 and then they can go and lose 2-0 to St Mirren but it doesn't make any sense you know they're so inconsistent and I think that's what Paul Hartley's bugbear because I mean he said it was unacceptable Paul McGowan came out and said it was embarrassing Dundee shouldn't be losing to St Mirren you know with the squads with the current form they shouldn't be losing to St Mirren but they did and, and listen well done to Jack Ross I watched St Mirren against the Fairman last week and won each draw and obviously St Mirren were happier but I thought there was signs there that he was starting to get something going I think they've got young Kyle McAllister's a huge talent I think he'll go right to the top of the game he signed a new keeper as well Billy O'Brien from Man City you know, I, I just think there's, there's something about St Mirren now that I, I do think they'll, they'll start to get a bit of momentum and, and if they can't if that one inside they can't kick start the season I don't know what's going on I, I was actually stunned to see the result and the reason was I was in at St Mirren doing an interview on Friday and they were short of numbers he had also had the, the transfer speculation. You've seen this come in as well, put, yeah. put straight in the team. But also, like Stevie Mallon, there's transfer speculation yep. over him. I don't think Jack Ross was certain he could he could even select him, you know, the day before the game at that point. Wasn't sure if he was going to leave. There's obviously the transfer speculation and interest uh, on Carl on McAllister. So I actually, actually left St Mirren that, that morning thinking I thought, get, I thought Dundee would win. Could get turned over. Um, but one thing, Jack Ross does seem to have instilled a bit of a bit of uh, solidity in that team and, and confidence and the players believe in him I think as David said you know that he's, he's brought in new signings they, they seem to be paying off and I mean, it's a long way back at the bottom of that division though that you know they, they, um, they, they've still got a bit of work to turn things around in the league but a great result and a great confidence booster for, for the team from well, uh, your team from Paisley Robert yeah as we say they are toiling in the championship but as I say and I have said continuously I have every faith that someone will stay in the division top end of the division though Dundee United going great guns looking for winning promotion here out into the Premiership David they get turned over royally by Ross County <laughs> on Saturday that was that was a surprise result. I thought they would have made a real game of that and they didn't is, is that an example of the, the gap between the top end of the Championship and, and, the, and the Premiership albeit that the County are an established Premiership side but you'd expect them more of a game there yeah I, I, mean, I do think, I would say that promotion is clearly Dundee United's priority so I think the Cup anything that happened in the Cup was a bonus but by saying that I didn't expect them to beat 6-2 like Dundee Ross County are frustrating because sometimes they're great sometimes they can go and really produce a result and a real big performance and they've got good players you know Liam Boyce is as good a striker probably out with Celtic as there is in the league I would I would yeah. say you know I think Liam Boyce is a cracking player and he's just got a wee bit of quality around the box he saw it again on Saturday but I think for Dundee United it's a solo and I think you know like Hearts Dundee United need to stabilise a wee bit you know there's been a couple of results recently Hibs are kind of getting a bit more a bit further ahead in the, the Championship but I don't know if it says anything about the gap between the leagues. I just think Ross County had a good day and Dundee United did a great day. We'll not run through every game in the Cup on Saturday. There were some results you'd expect. Aberdeen had a 4-0 win over Stranraer. Again, a result I think you'd expect. St Johnson very comfortable against Dennis Muir, 2-0. Partick Thistle against for Martin, 4-0. These results I think we'd pretty much all expect. Kilmarnock, though, that was a bad result for, for them. The Usher side, Gareth, they're, 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 not, they're not playing very well at the minute. No, there was, just there was, briefly on that one because that's that's a that's a big result for for Hamilton. It's been a late goal as well. I, th- I think there was. I think we thought maybe there were signs. Uh, there were signs earlier in the the season that Kamanak were were turning things around after what was a pretty indifferent start the season. Uh, they did go on a bit of a run there. Again, there's a whole new batch of players coming this this window at Kamanak. Some have left. We've talked about teams or managers picking or you know, working out what their best team is. I still think there's an element of, of Lee Clark doing that and they'll have to get things going fairly fairly quickly again soon if, if they're not to kind of get sucked sucked down into the the, the real rele- relegation problems which Lee Clark has always maintained 
he doesn't want the club doing. You know, he, he he's always said he's in there to uh, to stop the slump that uh, Kamanak have, have suffered every season and then the relegation dogfight they've they've had to deal with every season. Yeah. Elsewhere, there was a good win for Morton against Falkirk. Uh, Inverness Cali Thistle had a difficult game against Elgin but, but won through Queen's Park and Air will do it again in a replay and we've got to mention the cup holders David they, they took care of their tie very comfortably Bonnie Rose doing fantastically well to get as far as the, far in the competition as this but fair play to Hibs they, 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 all eyes on them at Tincastle but they got the job done very very yeah, t- professional job there yeah because you've seen you've seen senior teams remember Hearts against Oakland Lake Talbot it was a bit of struggle you've, you've seen that happen before and Bonnie Rigg put out them Barton's on the same division as Hibs in the previous round over two games so no fair play to Hibs and you know, it was 8-1 and as we said it sets up a potential cracker in the next round Hearts, Hibs, Tynecastle well, that's certainly the game we want to, want to watch anyway guys thanks very much for listening to today's podcast with myself Robert Grieve Gareth Law and David Friel I'm away to count how many times David Friel mentioned the words Kenny Miller as if it's one word Gareth what's your estimate? Um, I don't know. I think we're going to go a uh, fun count how many times you mentioned St. Mirren. St. Mirren? Once or twice. But that's- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. These are the greatest team in the world. Gentlemen, thanks very much.